You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Good morning, everyone. I know you just sat down. I'm just going to get us to stand if we're okay. Sorry, sorry about that. I know you just sat. Um, Well, I'm just going to pray that this morning as I spoke to a few, thank you so much, Steph and the team, by the way, as well. This morning, we're going to let the kids out in a second, but this morning as I spoke to a few of you this morning, as we've got a few missing due to the, um, look, we've got, a, we've got a bunch of different things going on. We've got the COVID's coming back a little bit, so we've got some people away for that. We've got some gastro happening through the Gold Coast, which is fun. Um, no, it's not. Um, we've got some of our team missing because they're unwell, heaps of people unwell in the church at the moment. And as I went and asked you guys this morning and said hello, I got this overwhelming, like, I'm tired. I'm a little exhausted. I'm a little stressed. So why don't I just pray for us this morning for some refreshment, but also for those that are unwell, and then also for our kids who are going to head out in just a moment. Is that all right? So join with me. So Father, you are a good God, as, as Steph declared through communion. We just pray this morning for those young and old that, and, and in the middle that are suffering at the moment with various illnesses, Lord. We've got people in hospital. We've got people in bed today. We've got people away. We've got people really unwell. And Father, we just pray against this, this season of exhausting times. There's always an excuse and a genuine reason to be exhausted in this climate. Whether it's illness, whether it's stress, whether it's a hurry and hustle culture, whether it's competition with a neighbour, those in our street, whether it's us feeling like the financial pressure of this climate, Lord, whether it's us even feeling stressed about the wars and rumours of wars going around our world, Lord, I just pray right now that we would know that you are good, that we are okay, (laughs) that you're for us, and that you would refresh us this morning. For those listening online, that they would be refreshed as well. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time of worship. You are worthy of it. We pray for our kids as well, and especially our kids' leaders, that you just give them an extra refreshment. (laughs) And the kids will just be settled as well, Lord. Bless them. We're looking forward to seeing them perform next week. Thank you for them, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, kids, out you go, and you may sit now. That is completely fine. Well, like I said, good morning. If you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here. My name's Steve, and it's great to have you here. There are some new faces amongst us, and like I said, a fair few unwell, so be praying for our church. It's it's going across the coast at the moment, but a lot of people tired, unwell, and sick, and so I appreciate the band missing a few members this morning even. And as I said, the kids are performing next week, so just a reminder, it's a family service next week, which means it'll look a little different, but it'll mean like a lot of fun as well. And also, we don't get a chance to list everyone's birthday here because we're a growing church and there's always someone that's going to go missing. But we will give a bit of a hand to Michael, who's 59 today. (laughs) Michael comes in here long before some of us are even awake and starts clearing out the stuff from the op shop for us in the mornings and sets up a bunch of things. And we appreciate you, mate. We're talking about service today. So we really appreciate your service and often we forget about it because we just assume this place, we rock up and it's all open and clean. So thank you, mate, and happy birthday. (laughs) You. So I've told this story before, but a couple of years ago, um, about four, I've been here about five and a half years at this church, um, and when I first came, 
this church, many of you know this story, but many of you won't. When I first came, our church went from a 73-year-old minister to, at the time, a 30-year-old. You can imagine the shift that took place, and those that were here don't have to imagine, they were here. And it was rocky. No, No particular reason other than change, change of style, Um, change of vision, Um, nothing bad but vast different opinions. And in amongst the chaos of maybe disagreements around um, motivation or vision or style or theology even, um, a couple, Don and Meryl, and they're here today, I'm stoked, so I've told this story before and I know they hate me telling this story, but they invited me and Mez over for dinner and the kids for lunch around a table. There was no theology around the table. There was no singing style. There was no piano versus guitar. There was none of that. There was no I speak too fast. None of that. It was just us around the table sharing a meal. And I tell you that because I reckon that probably stopped me and my wife and family finishing up that year (laughs) at the time. It was a pretty rough year and we were wondering, are we welcome? And you guys were wondering, are we welcome as well? So it was both sides, and I reckon this simple meal of just coming around, feeding our kids, let them mess up your place, and just this simple meal. How powerful is the table? That's my point. How powerful is a meal together? You're sitting at the same level. There's no hierarchy. You might bring up politics and religion, which can get a bit funny, but how powerful is sitting around a meal? And so I, I thank you before for this, but I wanted to just tell you guys, it can change lives. It can change everything. And after that meal, we said, no, no, this is, we can do this. If we can sit around a table together and have a meal together, our church can come together. And it has. Absolutely has. So sorry to embarrass you, but, um, well, I'm not sorry because I did it, I guess. So, but um, that's kind of what we're going to speak about today. Hospitality. But first I want to explore or explain why we do these themes. We do a theme nearly every couple of months. We do a main theme. And the reason we do that is we've acknowledged here at Burley that culture has shifted. Culture's changed. The church building, the church congregation is not the centre of the town. It's not the centre of your city. We'd love it to be, but it isn't anymore. People have left Jesus in the last few years more than ever, in the West. But probably more accurately, people have left organised religion. Uh, They have become disenfranchised with organised religion and most of the time they've been disenfranchised with Christians, which at times we're all being part of churches, we're all Christians, but we also get it. (laughs) Christians can be very difficult. They are also broken. (laughs) We are also broken where none of us are perfect like Jesus. So people at times have become disenfranchised with that, not just in this church, but across the Gold Coast, across Australia, across the West. And research and most surveys suggest that people now don't tick the box of Christian. A lot of people tick the box of I'm spiritual. And so us as a church, while holding a very high place for Sunday and the congregation, we want to respond to our culture, amen? Because in that is actually a search in our culture for depth, for meaning and hope. Our culture is screaming for meaning, for Monday to Sunday meaning and hope. My conviction is they're longing for Jesus. 
a tangible Jesus, a Jesus whose spirit lives in us, a Jesus who is out there as well, a Jesus that is changing and transforming us, a Jesus that is just um, not just talking about but lived out, the kingdom come. And that's what this transformation trek is all about. We want to look at a theme and explore a theme together, but not only explore it, live it out, practice it, have a go at it. As as Josh Ackerson used to say, have a crack at it. We want to find something that Jesus did and together as a church, have a crack at it. We want to explore the ways of Jesus. Not to perform, this is really important, we don't explore the ways of Jesus. This is really important. The difference of performing and practice is one says, hey God, look at us. Are you happy with me? That's performance. Practice says, hey dad, can we do this with you? Or it's kind of the difference between earning and effort. We're not being a church you're going, hey dad, do you love me because I'm doing what you want me to do? That's earning. We're not about that. We're about effort. Hey dad, I want to be like you when I grow up. So we put effort into practice with him. That's the transformation trick. I want to give some background in case you're new or wondered what this was all about and hopefully you've been handed a practice guide because we're going to explore this over the next three months. Not in every service, but as small groups, we're going to explore hospitality, the practice of hospitality. Hopefully you grab one of them, you can grab one on the way out. Hospitality. That's the practice for this month that we're going to try to live out together and encourage each other. Not to earn, but to effort. Not to perform, but to practice together. If you've been around a while, though, you might look at that and go, I've heard this before. You might look at this practice and say, that feels very familiar to me. Why are we talking about it again? And I'll tell you why it sounds familiar to you, because we talked about it this time last year. We did a series, this time leading into Christmas, around hospitality. We explored the power of welcoming people to the table, of including people, of letting them have a seat, literally and spiritually in our lives. And I reckon the other reason it sounds familiar is because, and I want to thank us here, not in a prideful way, but I want to talk us up as a church. I reckon we've grasped this as one of our key values of Burley Heads Church of Christ, hospitality. That's why it would be so familiar to you. Our current vision statement, if you don't know, is an ever-growing family table that gathers around, grows in, and goes with Jesus. It's part of our vision statement. So this means, and you know this if you've been around, we literally have, we try to have on a second and fourth Sunday a barbecue. We try to eat together. You know, we have the coffee machine constantly going, try to have coffees with each other. We welcome people in here all week. We have people that cook three different days a week. People cook meals to give out from this church. Hospitality is a key value. So when you're looking at this, you're probably going, that sounds very familiar and I'm so thankful for that. Amen. (laughs) That's a good thing. I'm not bragging or leaning into pride, but... I think this church gives this a fair crack and I want to honour that. So hospitality sounds familiar? Amen. (laughs) We'll talk about it and we'll probably talk about it again, especially as we approach summer and Christmas. What a season to consider God's hospitality to us. God was born amongst us. 
God came to us, brought us back to God's table and said, grab a seat as we celebrated through communion, through his death and resurrection. The opportunities, the meals, the Christmas parties, the social events, the summertime camping, the poolside barbecues, what a chance to consider the depth and deep practice of hospitality, what that can mean in your life with Jesus. However, the difference between this morning, and if it's okay with you, I want to take it a little deeper. Because I believe we are practicing this as a church, but I want to push us a little deeper if that's okay. I want us to pray this morning, I'm going to pray in a moment, that we would consider or allow God, wherever we are, all the different places, allow God to challenge us maybe to step out even further. For some of us that might be just an encouragement, for some of us that might be a leap, but I believe through this passage this morning that God wants to challenge all of us in little or big bits to go deeper into hospitality. Is that okay? Or maybe not? <laughs> Is that all right if we push or at least let the word of God maybe push us this morning because we're going to look at a passage? Let me pray and we're going to take another step deeper into hospitality. Let me pray. Father, wherever we are this morning, a bit exhausted, a bit tired, maybe a bit unwell. I pray right now, just in this short moment, that you speak to us. As a church collective, we've grasped the idea of hospitality. We've, we, I feel like we're welcoming, we're trying, we're, we're practicing. But Father, I believe you, in your word, even push harder. <laughs> I reckon you even go deeper, Lord. And this morning as we unpack your word, I pray that we would come with a willingness to say, God, what do you have to say to us this morning? In this next three months, this next season at Burley Heads Church of Christ, Lord, speak to us and give us clarity on what you would have for us, Dad, how we could participate with you in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read. If you've got your Bibles there, it is going to come up. We're going to look at John 13, 1 to 17. John 13, 1 to 17. Let me read. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in this world, he loved them to the end. Due in supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God, and was going back to God, exactly what Steph was speaking about this morning. He rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist, and then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Peter's absolutely shocked. (laughs) Jesus answered him, What I'm, I'm doing to you, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I did not wash your feet, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, I love Peter, always just overstating. Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, 
but not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, ere your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. In the moments of Jesus processing, thinking about coming close to his death, you would think if you're about to do that, you do the very key things that are the most important. And just before he's about to be portrayed, he takes a basin and he washes the disciples' feet. This spiritual leader, for some of them, they would have thought he's a prophet, some of them not fully understanding who he was. Either way, he had this authority. We know he's God. He prepares a basin, a towel, and he starts to kneel down at each of his disciples' feet. Just take that image in afresh this morning. His disciples, his students would have been shocked. This is terribly embarrassing. This is terribly humiliating. I reckon today's language was, this is not what a professional does. This is not what a leader does. A a proud Jewish man, a religious rabbi at the time, would not do this. This is shocking. I don't know exactly the equivalent of today, but maybe washing the feet today is still pretty shocking. This was reserved for a slave or a servant. This is a dirty thing to do, a dirty job to do. It is not what a leader, what a teacher, what a rabbi, let alone a God, (laughs) the God does. Insane. There would be a gasp. Peter sees it coming and he's always overstating. He goes, no, 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 you're not doing that to me. That's crazy. He's horrified at what Jesus, he sees the towel, he sees the basin, thinks he's not going to wash my feet, is he? Classic Peter. I love it when Jesus switches on him and says, well, if you want me to do this, you don't have to, but this is how you participate with me. Jesus, uh, Peter switches in an instant and goes, oh, well, then wash the whole thing. <laughs> Jesus, in so many words, telling him to calm down. He will be washed clean, referencing the cross that is coming and baptism. But he wishes to serve these servants, a whole nother level to hospitality. It's one thing to share but it's another thing then to serve. And I really like the way Jesus couldn't be any more clearer. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. 
For I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Not earning effort, not performing, practicing the ways of Jesus. Hopefully as you consider this picture this morning, the intensity weighs on you. Maybe you're a little bit uncomfortable as you think through hospitality and then serving. I think through our modern day excuses around, and I make these all the time around letting people into my life. <laughs> what if they get to know the real me? What if they see my house and it's not tidy enough or big enough or nice enough? What if I can only afford something basic to feed them? What if it's only a coffee? What if they don't like me? What if they don't want to spend time with me? What if we're inviting them over and are only being polite? Or what if I'm inviting them out for coffee? Or what if I'm getting to know them and they really would rather not? All these little insecurities are put into perspective when I think for Jesus, hospitality was about serving. About getting on his knees and washing their feet. He's not talking, if, in case you're not picking this up this morning, that's okay. You don't have to literally wash each other's feet. <laughs> that's not, I'm not about to get, bring in the basins. It's a posture of servanthood. Starting with our church, then our community, and then as strangers. Jesus teaches on the Good Samaritan, most of you will know this story, where a person looks after an enemy and washes them clean. Jesus is saying constantly through his teaching, we're going to serve each other. Yes, start at the church with your brothers and sisters, move into the community, and then you even love strangers this way, serve even strangers, even enemies. It's right through the Bible. Let me just read through some scripture. If you want to close your eyes, you want to consider this idea for you, let me read through how this concept is right through Scripture. Hebrews 6 says this, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Philippians 2.4 says this, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So countercultural today. My playlist, my time, my everything. My way, Philippians 2.4, not looking at your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. You, my brothers and sisters, in Galatians 5, it says this, we're called to be free. So we're free, right? There's no earning here. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I love that. If we could sum up the Gold Coast, indulge the flesh He's pretty good. I have currently five different streaming accounts. I also need to calm down on indulging the flesh. I say that jokingly, but for real. Could it be a use, better use of my time? Rather serve one another humbly in love. Matthew 23, 11 says this, the greatest among you will be your servant. Talking about himself, but give you an example for Christians. Mark 10, 42 to 44 says this, And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. 
Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. Right through the Bible. So as we process this scripture, there's not much more that needs to be said than Jesus' own example. But let me give you some practical, because Transformation Trek is about practical elements. Let me, give you, let me get real practical with you if that's all right. Let me give you three spheres I want you to consider as a church over the next three months in our lives. Is that all right? Three, very practical here. Let me show them up here. So we've got our church, our community, and strangers. Over the next three months, whether you're listening to this online or you're here with me now, I'd love us to consider what it would look like to serve, not everyone, but for you, what would it look like to touch each of these spheres? I've got a list down the right to just make, serving can look, hospitality can look very different. It's not always just a meal. Sometimes it's just listening. I'm really bad at this, but someone's telling a story and I'm instantly thinking of a better version of that story. I'm so bad at that. Listening means you're not trying to think of a better story. (laughs) You're actually listening to their story. That's a great way to serve and show hospitality to your church, to your community, your workplace, your uni, your school, and to strangers. Inviting and welcoming. Yes, welcoming into church, but welcoming into your life, letting them know about you. Letting them see your weakness because it's in your weakness they can see Jesus is actually doing something. Creating space, commitment. My generation on Facebook, we have this thing called a maybe button which defines my generation like nothing else. I might come if there's nothing better offered to me. You don't have to do everything, but showing service is sometimes committing and hitting yes. (laughs) I'm coming, I'm committed to you. Whether better things happen or not, I'm committed to that. I'm going to serve you in that way. Not everything, don't hear me say do everything. And then meeting a need to your church, to your community and strangers. We've even go even further in the practice guide and give you some examples. I'll just read a few without, because you can explore this as well. But bake cookies for someone. Reconnect with old friends. Let someone go in front of you in the line or in traffic. Crazy. Especially when we're always in a rush. Give a stranger a compliment. Try not to be creepy, but give a stranger a compliment. Fill someone's car up with petrol and pay for someone's petrol. Make dinner for a family in need. Insert coins into someone's parking meter or scan your card. I haven't seen a parking meter with coins for a while. Buy flowers to hand out on the street. Leave letters of encouragement on people's cars. Buy a meal for someone behind you in the drive-thru. Pay for someone's meal at a restaurant. Use your allowance to donate to charity. Hold open the door for people. Walk a neighbour's dog. Do a favour without asking for anything in return. Prepare a meal for your family. Sometimes the closest circle is your family. They need to be heard. They need someone to listen. This Christmas, some of our families don't need us to preach at them again about God. They actually just need us to listen and love them. And I reckon there's a very good chance they'll see God and they'll ask us. We'll get to that in a second though. Pay for someone's morning coffee. 
Instead of posting negative online, spread some encouragement. Share your favourite Bible verse or quotes. Offer to give someone a ride home. Serving people. As you look through that list, ask these questions. Well, this question, really. Think it's coming up? Possibly. What does it look like to consider these three spaces in your life this season? What does it look like to think in your head, right, I'm gonna, this season I'm going to serve a couple of people in this church. I'm going to pray through a couple of people in my community, maybe my neighbours, maybe someone else, or I'm going to do three things, or I'm going to do a couple of things in the next three months for a couple of strangers. Consider it and practice with God. Participate with Dad this summer, this season. So committed to this is this family, this church, so about this is that we set up this whole next season for you to show hospitality. So I'm going to show you some things on the thing, on a screen, but this is not, hey, come to all these things. We just want to show you that we're about this. We're committed to helping us all do this together. So there's a couple of things on the screen. This Friday night, with a new church, the church that meets in the afternoon, a bunch of people are going to go see the chosen screening at the cinemas. Great chance to invite someone to the movies. If, you wanna, if you're interested in that, come have a chat to me after. Next week, we have a family service. The kids are going to perform. Jess is going to do a talk for the kids. Uh, one of our youth group kids are going to do communion. Give communion. It's going to be a family, so it's going to be a lot of fun. A great chance to invite someone into church. Southport Church of Christ does a big spectacular carols on the 10th and 11th. They have about 3,000 people through their building. It's a great thing to invite people to. We're going to have a carols morning on December the 18th, a full family carols. That means we're going to have John play some songs. We're going to have the team that was up here play some songs. We're going to have a nativity play. Great chance to invite someone to church and serve them. On December the 23rd, we then do a restaurant came to us a couple of years ago and said, I think to Anne, said, we want to pay and put on a meal for those that are struggling in our community. Do you know a place that would host it and put it on? We said, no. Try the church down the road. No, we didn't. We said, use our hall. So on December the 23rd, we have people that are doing it tough come in and be cooked a full roast lunch. You are welcome to come and serve them in that and you'll probably end up eating as well. And then December the 25th. On top of that, we try to do barbecues second and fourth Sundays. Renew's invited us to a couple of events for anyone that wants to go to that. And then starting after next week, we'll start our Christmas movie series, which is meant to be a light and fun way to finish the year where we look at Christmas movies and how they, the gospel applies to them. We are all about hospitality in this season, making it easy for us to invite people to church, invite people to events, and participate and serve. On top of that, you would have come in and you'd see this as well. We're aiming for 200 bags to go out to those in need. We did 120 last year, and we'd love if you're, at, if you're able to 
to fill the bags up with some of these. I'll leave it with you. Come and have a chat to me if that's you um, or you'd like to do that. And basically bring in that stuff and we're aiming to fill 200 bags would be the goal this year. And it goes out with our food help service as an extra little we love you over Christmas. I tell you all this not to say that you need to be involved with everything. Not at all. Sometimes you need to choose what God wants for you over the good. Don't be so caught up in Burley Heads Church of Christ events that you're not able to go to your own events. That neighbourhood Christmas party, that work Christmas party, a chance for you to serve and love people. Don't be so caught up with here that you don't even meet the next sphere. Choose wisely. Prioritise a few. How can you show hospitality to those other spheres if all you are is here? Find balance and then commit. I hit this point in the message upon preparing it and I thought, gee, I'm talking a lot about doing stuff. The last thing I wanted for us as a church to leave here today with a list of things to do. The last thing I wanted you to leave is feel more burdened around Christmas time. I'll give you some options, give you some thoughts. But as I reflected on this and I reflected on the example Jesus gave, it's not about doing more or not enough. I'm not preaching work. It hit me, as it says up there, I'm preaching worship, not work. It's not work, it's worship. In Romans 12, it says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's hospitality, in view of God's servanthood, in view of everything he has done for you, in view of us remembering him at Christmas where he was born into the neighborhood, in view of you remembering that he gave everything for you, in view of you remembering that he humiliated himself down where he's on his knees washing his students' feet, in view of that, our response out of that, out of the overflow is to serve others. Don't do this without that. Don't go, right, I've got my list, I'm going to go do it. Don't do it without first understanding what God has done for you. You will burn out. You will just be doing works. For some of you today, you need to first recognise before this Christmas season how much Christ loves you before you try to love others that he's not angry, that he's not out to get you, that he wants to serve you and he wants you to participate with him. It's not work, it's worship. Daniel, who got baptised a couple of weeks ago, not here this morning, he tried to quote this and we both forgot the verse at his baptism. Daniel's here like at the break of dawn Friday mornings, one of the team making food for people and he won't let me thank him He stops me. I go, thank you, Daniel, for serving. He goes, mate, I'm not doing it for you. It's my worship. And he can't stop the guy smiling. He can't stop the guy helping and he can't stop him smiling. He loves worshipping the Father. He refuses to be thanked because he's not doing it for Steve, thank goodness. He's doing it because he knows how loved he is. 
He quotes this all the time, his kind of mantra, his true and proper worship is to serve those, serve others. Final thing, thought on this practice. Christmas time can be Christmas time, work Christmas parties, the events. You can feel the pressure to need to tell your family what they're doing wrong or how they're going astray if you don't have Christian family. It can be a divisive time with friends. It can be a reminder of relationships that are broken. It can be a lot of pressure. One of the leading days for domestic violence is Christmas Day because of the pressure on families. It's no excuse, but because of the pressure on families. This time of year can remind you how little you have, can remind you the competition with that sibling you've had, can remind you that disconnection with a family member. This season, especially after COVID, we could bring out all the policies and political things and discussion and ways we're divided. I don't think that is the best way to communicate God's love this Christmas. I don't think telling your grandchild or your sibling off and what they should be doing is the best way to show love this Christmas. I think the best way to show love this Christmas, this summer season, is to serve and love people. I love the way Peter here. Here's here's my little promise that I can't guarantee. Church, if we lean into this, practice over the next three months, if we fill ourselves up with knowing God's love and his servanthood to us and we overflow into this church, into the community and to strangers, not thinking about us, I can almost guarantee people will act like Peter where they see a little bit of it and then they say, I want the whole thing. (laughs) If this is what the kingdom of God looks like, I want it all. If it's about love, if it's about servanthood, if it's about acceptance before change, what I mean by that, God does change people. But first welcoming in and letting the Holy Spirit and community do that change. If we can do that, we will explode. In fact, every area of this church that has exploded is because of what we're doing. Next three months could be huge. offering ourselves in true and proper worship this season. It says in John 14, last verse, by, ev- by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It doesn't say by this everyone will know you my disciples because of the big neon sign outside the church. It doesn't say by this everyone will know you are my disciples because the neighbours can hear your worship from the church auditorium. It doesn't say, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples because you have a time slot at 8 o'clock on TV (laughs) Sunday mornings. It says they'll know you're my disciples because you love one another, love your community, and then you even love complete strangers. Really excited to practice this together. I'm going to pray and the worship team is going to sing one more song. Please pick up a practice guide and meet with someone over the next couple of months and discuss this and challenge each other towards true and proper worship in hospitality. Let me pray. Father God, first and foremost, let us just know your love this morning. 
Christmases, summer, bills. It's pressure enough without Pastor Steve laying 10, 20 things more we need to do. Let us first this morning just know your spirit. Know we are loved. Know you serve us, which is insane and embarrassing because you are God. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Know that you have served us in your death and life. Know that you seek to participate with us, that you're not angry, you're not distant, you're not, not working, you're always working. First and foremost this morning, let us consider this. Let us know this afresh with whatever situation faces our family, our friends, our community and complete strangers in burly heads and abroad. And let us worship this season by loving one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much.